Welcome to Audiobooks All Day. My name is Jeff. And I'm Kevin. And today we're going to be talking about Chapter 8, The Wright Brothers, by David McCullough. We're really excited to talk about this today because this book truly is masterful at teaching us all about how you can apply the principles of hard work and passion and make great things happen. To start us off today, I want to give you guys a 50,000 foot overview of the book. So the Wright brothers are Orville and Wilbur Wright. And the book is about how they got interested in flying, built a glider, crashed a bunch, eventually flew. No one believed them. They later believed them. They made a lot of money. And the book is by David McCullough. He also narrates it. And he does a very good job narrating it. Yeah, he's actually one of my favorite authors. I think that he's just awesome. Uh, The way that he writes, the way that he brings these super old stories to life. Also, it was kind of fun to hear him read it. I had a chance to listen to him do a lecture once at my college where I was going to school. It was probably one of my favorites. He just has that soothed baritone slash bass yeah. voice. Love it. It's just nice and smooth. Just really easy to listen to. Which So be careful if you're driving. But <laughs> um, he also is the author of the book 1776 and John Adams. If you haven't read those books, we're going to be getting to those later on in the season. But they're very, very good books, and we recommend to you them to you as well as the Wright Brothers. But anyway, so the Wright Brothers are from Dayton, Ohio. And if you've never been to Dayton, Ohio, uh, neither have I. So <laughs> <laughs> um, if you have been to Dayton, I'm, I'm, sure it's, I'm sure it's a wonderful place. Anyway, so they grew up in Dayton, Ohio, and they love to read. They're from a very intellectual family. And that's how they got first introduced to the concept of flying, which was... While it was popular in the United States, it was very, very popular in Europe, and they started to read a lot of the literature, and that's how Orville and Wilbur first got really interested in flying and the concept of doing something that had never been done before. And I love that their story really starts to mature as they go out on their own, and as they actually start a company together, they started a bike shop, which proved to be pretty foundational from one a business point of view they began to learn a little bit more about how to actually and not to run a business both uh they furthered their mechanical abilities through making bicycles better through fixing them through creating them and then the third thing is it gave them just enough money to fuel their passion which was building these gliders up until this point nobody had been able to successfully execute flight there were people who had become very close, and it was this little uh, flight race uh, going on during this time, and luckily they were really able to pull it out. But I, I like how their humble beginnings, you know, they had this business, and then they started to use that business to fuel their passions, which really wound up making them famous, as you probably didn't even know, as I didn't before I picked up this book, that they were bike shop owners. Yeah. In fact, something really interesting that Jeff brought up of how it fueled their passion for flying. So they, I don't remember the exact number, it talks about it in the book, but it was just a couple thousand dollars that they spent from the time they first got interested in flying and started tinkering around with possibly building a glider to the first time of actually flying in Kitty Hawk in 1903. So like, it was something like $3,000. 
And I believe it was, maybe it was Alexander Graham Bell. It was one of the really famous scientists of the time who was um, really high up in the Smithsonian, spent over $50,000 of taxpayer money to build a plane that never flew. It wasn't even close. It was too big. It was too heavy. Yeah, like they never flew. It talks about the hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars in Europe and in other places in the United States that were spent on trying to fly. And the Wright brothers did it with just a couple thousand dollars. Which I really like. There's this book from a professor that I used to do research for. His name is Nathan Furr. And he wrote this book called Nail It and Scale It. And it's essentially about how startups, startup businesses, should operate in the early days. It talks about the concept of bootstrapping, which is being able to take a limited budget and being able to do a lot with it. I think that these guys are the kings of being able to bootstrap. I think that the cool thing though is that they were really focused not on the business implications of flight, which there would be many and which would make them a lot of money down the line, but that they were really focused on just making something impossible a reality, which I thought was super cool. And then being able to then capitalize on that and being able to make their their passion and something that they loved, something real and something that they could then do every day and get paid for it, I think is pretty awesome. Yeah, in fact, the book doesn't even speak about them ta- thinking about the business implications until they'd actually flown. Until yep. 1903, I think it was December 17th, when they'd actually made their first flight. And, you know, you, you had that picture that everybody saw in elementary. Everybody that w- uh, went to school in the United States had to see that one picture of them flying in Kitty Hawk, December 17th, 1903. That one picture. And actually, it's really funny. I always thought that when they flew, like it was a really big deal. Nobody believed them. And nobody cared. And there wasn't a single newspaper that actually got it right. They were all like, either said it was way further or way higher or way shorter. or Somebody died in a crash or something like that. And nobody believed them. But anyway, once they started flying, then they started thinking about the business, which I guess is something that's okay to do when you defy all conventional laws of Mm -hmm. science at the time. And nobody else has any idea what you did. So I guess you can think about it later in that scenario. Yeah, and David McCullough, he kind of goes on in the future and outlines the significance of the flight and about how our world has changed through flight uh, very briefly. And I think just one thing that I would like to go back to in thinking about my thoughts on this book was posing the question of like, what hobbies do I have that are awesome? Granted, none of my hobbies I don't think actually are earth shattering, but could I bring that level of passion that they had and being able to apply that to then my hobby and then being able to make something great happen. I think that definitely my hobby is audiobooks and so maybe this is in one roundabout way like some sort of manifestation of applying my passions to it albeit on a super super small scale but I don't know I just think that for all of us it's pretty helpful to think of like what hobbies do we have and then how can we bring just a little added measure of passion not to make the outcome some sort of new i mean they created a whole industry that didn't exist uh but we we might not be able to do that but i think that we could still at least do great things and influence people or if not at least inspire ourselves yeah i mean think about all the things that are so normal to us today video games social media iphones apps um, automobiles all these things that were never things before and then one day it was a thing And then it changed the world. And that's what the Wright brothers did. There wasn't an industry. There was only this dream. 
And then the next day there was an industry. And the next day there was millions and millions of dollars to be made. Yeah. And that's why I think that when people kind of knock space and like, oh, it's just a money pit. There's nothing that we're ever going to find. I think that as we keep going to space, there's 1000% going to be something there. Anyway, more on that uh, when we review Buzz Aldrin's book in a few weeks. But anyways, bottom line is I love this book because not only did I learn about the actual history behind the flight, when it happened, who executed it, and the glider, I mean, go back and look at some of the pictures or some of the videos about what it looked like. The thing is very sketchy. Uh, the Wright brothers did actually crash it. Um, <laughs> a lot. Of, a lot before and a lot after. Uh, but it managed to be amazing. And I think that it is kind of an interesting point to make too, is that for all of the awesome implications of travel and, you know, expediency and life saving and all of these different things that we've gotten from flight, they've also been an awesome mechanism of war. Uh, mm -hmm. They've been, you know, used to, yeah, do a lot of harm in the world, but they've also been able to do a lot of good, which is just an interesting perspective that there's no way. I don't, I don't think that they thought of how many uses it could be applied to. In fact, when World War One happened, you know, just 15 years later, uh, well, less than 15 years later, I'm sure that they didn't imagine people going and flying these reconnaissance missions and dropping bombs over the side of their plane. Yeah. In fact, at the very end, there's an interview. Um, I forget if it's with Orville or Wilbur. And they're talking about all the... The interview asks them all the harm that planes have done in the Great Wars. And they talk about how sorry they are and how much of a shame it is that something that is so beautiful and so fun and so integral to who they are became such a such a weapon of mass destruction, really. And I know that was really a, a hard part for them. And, you know, there's also a lot of harm that pretty much any good invention can make. And it's very difficult to understand and those ramifications until it's been made and fleshed out and really kind of until it's too late. Well, and my, my final thought that I would add to all of this is I started my, my pilot's license a few years ago. I still haven't finished it quite yet, but I'll definitely get there. But it really is something amazing when you take control of a plane and you're high up and uh, you're getting level with mountains and you're alone up there. It's a pretty uh, impressive and inspiring thing. And so I'm pretty grateful that people had the passion, were able to do it, were able to make it happen and we can all live our dreams. So hopefully all of us will be able to identify those passions in our lives, be able to improve upon them. And who knows, maybe we'll even be able to help somebody else out in their life or inspire somebody or even create an industry. Yeah. And just like the Wright brothers who really a, such a common theme throughout the book was their work ethic, was their hard work and their dedication and their ingenuity. And if we can work hard and we can be a little ingenuitive in ingenuitive you know what i mean use ingenuity if we can do that and we can work hard we can make great things and i hope we all can do that and that's a lesson that i'm taking away from the wright brothers and i hope you read this book and that you learn something from them too thank you guys so much for uh taking us on this journey and for being here with us and uh we wish you the best and don't forget to live your story <laughs>